moment we've been waiting for. Oh, yeah. We love when she shows up. She's our good friend. She's a mentor. She's uh, she's program director of the Caritas Center for Christian Formation. Mm-hmm. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen, Nancy Kane. <laughs> I wish we could do a wave for you. Go ahead, Brian, start it. Go, Whoa. go. Whoa, Nancy. <laughs> you know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors. That's where we're going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. So this is the Brian and Janelle podcast. She's Janelle. I'm Brian. And if you don't want to miss anything, just hit that subscribe button. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. I've learned a lesson about our greatest ministry comes out of our own brokenness. And so, like, I desperately need help with this. Like, we can never—I can ne- never nail contentment down. There'll be, like, a couple months where I'm good, and then here I go again struggling with it. Am I alone? No, I think that that's common because God is in the process of working out in us what our affections are and what we've attached our happiness to. And so it's always a deeper and deeper journey that he's purifying um, our attachments, our affections. But can't I like stuff? You know what I mean? Like I, I want more. I don't want to just go live in the desert naked or something. <laughs> I want to. I want to like have stuff. I think it's all in terms of how um, you perceive the stuff. If you perceive the stuff as your place of happiness, if the joy that you keep looking for when you buy that new object. Amazon, like when you see that box at your door. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the hook is. Because in the world systems, there's always a glittery object out there. There's always this shiny new thing that is appealing to our senses. It's a matter of how we see that provision being brought. God doesn't um, want us to be, like you're saying, just living out desert um, without anything. And for some people, that's been a call. But for all, for most of us, he's saying, watch to see how I provide for you. Watch to see how I really am your good father who knows your needs before you ask. Um, watch to see that it's your, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom here and now. And watch to see what that looks like. Contentment, a lot of times, or the lack thereof, is in the area of self-development. So how can I say I am enough without suppressing my growth and my potential in the Lord in all areas? I don't know if I would agree with contentment with self-development. I would put contentment more in line with um, your perception of God. Mm. In that I think that the more we perceive him as, as a an exodus, he describes himself to Moses as abundant in mercy. He's a lavish God of goodness, but it takes a lifetime to learn what that goodness actually looks like. Because we're so formed by the world standards that goodness looks like having my refrigerator stuffed with food or having lots of money in my bank account or having a large house or whatever it might be. We that's how we define it. And then we go to God and then, in a sense, cross-check it. Well, yeah. are you good? Because it's not happening here. Versus I think it's growing up in understanding and really in this intimate encounter, him opening our eyes to see what goodness actually looks like. And then, because I wanted to differentiate with, the, there's lack of contentment with the things that we have or the things that we desire, but then there's also kind of like, 
the hustle culture of am I productive enough or do I need to lose more weight or learning more and, you know, just the whole that's what I meant with self-development. And then there's the other Mm -hmm. side, which is I'm good the way I am. How can you embrace the I am enough and still grow and still pursue? I think you're you're pointing out well that in our culture, there is this drive that it's not enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not successful enough. You're not uh, a good parent enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that that goes to, again, a, a, in a sense, a competing voice in our minds that the world says you will never be enough. You'll never be a good enough parent. You'll never be, and again, fill in the blank. But what does God say? He says, you are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. And then he says, follow me, become like me. And so when we become, when our focus is on becoming like him, now our value system shifts. Then the issue isn't so much how much do I weigh. The issue is, am I honoring my body so that I can fulfill the kingdom? Am I accepting the provision of God as, as who I am so that I can fulfill the kingdom? I can do the work of following him put parenthood in there. Am I, as I follow him, am I loving my children as Christ loves me? So now it's not so much of a drive anymore as as it's funneling it through a perspective in terms of becoming like Jesus. How do I become like Jesus to my children and my work environment? How can I be God's light in um, perhaps a dark world? That, that does have competing values for ambition. I was mentoring, I still mentor this gal who is a top executive in a, um, one of the largest corporations in the country. And in her work environment, they, they when she got her annual review, they said, you're not hungry enough. And she said, what do you mean? She, they said, you're not ambitious enough. You don't wake up in the morning really wanting to get to the next step. And she had to ask herself the, the really hard question, is that what Jesus wants for me? Hmm. Is that what, what, what is, that is my call? And she eventually, through circumstances, the Lord led her to leave, and now she's ahead of a small manufacturing company where she can live out the life of Jesus in that environment. Interesting. So, so she's, she shouldn't want more. Well, in the sense of that hungry ambition, like I'm going to step over anybody that's in my way so that I can get to the next rank of promotion. That's what they were saying. It's like, you're not hungry enough to really make it in this world. The killer and instinct. Was, exactly. The, yeah. ex- exactly. Because she looked around, she said, the people that are getting promoted fast and furious are the ones that really don't care at all about who they work with, who they hurt, who they deceive. And her boss is basically saying, get with the program. Hmm. It's difficult. And it's, it was a moral dilemma. And I think in some ways, again, Kudos to her that she was on a trajectory at that point where she, where God was meeting her in such a profound way that she knew what she wanted more than anything was to become like him and ask, can I do that in this environment? Nancy, everywhere you go, the message is you need a little more. I mean, I look up stuff on Google and then I go on Facebook and here goes that thing that I forgot to order. You need a little more or the message of you are not enough. What are practical things we can do to grow in contentment? Well, it's going to sound paradoxical, but to grow in generosity. You look at the parable of the rich man in his barns in Luke 12. Jesus retorts with life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. 
And then following that, which is really interesting to me, he talks about, which he does in Matthew, not being anxious about your life. But then the end of that is, it's your Father's goodwill to give you the kingdom. And then Jesus is basically saying, follow me and be like me. So I think the key to contentment is actually generosity. Not so much what we're getting, what we have to get, what we have to consume, what we have to possess, what we have to achieve. That's all about ourselves, but mm-hmm. what Jesus does is say, become like me, and what to become like him is to be, become like his lavish, self-giving, um, self-sacrificing love that is always pouring out on our behalf like a waterfall that never stops. And I think that if the world, if more Christians caught that vision of it's about generosity, it's about this whole notion of being a um, blessing to other people, you're going to find that it, it flips, and it's not so much about now what I'm getting. It's the joy that I have to give. It's the joy that I see in other people's faces or knowing that there's a, a certain sense of delight that I've helped with, whatever it might be, my neighbor next door who's suffering with health issues, and I bring her food, or someone on a, uh, perhaps a ministry on a larger level of clean water or poverty. It's giving in a way that God gives to us that moves us to a greater sense of contentment. Hmm. And now it's, it's the perfect segue actually for us to hear more about the exciting developments in your ministry life, because one of the best ways I think to grow closer <laughs> to Jesus is through spiritual formation. So tell us about your, your brand new ministry effort. So I was thinking this morning, it's almost like giving birth to a baby because <laughs> it's been joy and it's been time consuming. So um, after being at Moody for 25 years, the Lord has, led us to take what we've been doing through Moody, uh, the cohort program, and inviting us to expand it. So we will continue the work that we were doing under the Christian Spiritual Formation Program under the banner of the Caritas Center for Christian Formation. So we'll continue with the cohort program of spiritual formation, but we'll also, which we're doing now, offering online classes, spiritual direction eventually, uh, mentoring in the Christian faith, and um like online lectures for those that have been through the program. So kind of a variety of things as well as I'm excited that I sense that the Lord's going to be calling us to go more globally and to provide kind of the riches that we have in the, in the, in the United States to people that wouldn't have access to it in other countries. So really folks have expanded opportunity to participate in your training and spiritual formation, it sounds like. So how can they get connected to your brand new ministry effort and, and uh, start that journey of spiritual formation? They can go to the caritascenter.com. It's caritas, spelled C-A-R-I-T-A-S, center.com. And caritas is Latin for God's unconditional perfect love, um, which we thought, thought was an apt title for the work that we're doing is bringing people into a deeper walk with Christ and his perfect love for them. So they can go there and, and you'll find different offerings. They can contact us if they're interested in that as well. And we're going to get links up for you on our Facebook page and Instagram account as well, so you can go find it there. Couldn't recommend it highly enough. Talk to folks who've been through the program, and I've, in an individual basis, been through portions of it with Nancy, and I, I just, it's the, the thing you need to do in your life that you never heard of. I'm yeah. telling you. Thanks again, Nancy. I always appreciate your time, my friend. It's just pure joy being with you guys. Aww. You have a wonderful day. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So look down, hit that button right there, subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes, and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us. How? A five-star rating. You can also hang with us live 
weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. Interact with us, talk with us, download the Moody Radio app. Or at brianandjanelle.org. And we don't put all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind all this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Well, Brian, that's a wrap. Yep.